1: Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine.
0: And I'm Danny Murphy. You know where your partners in wine, crime and time. And uh, I actually don't know what time it is, Sarah, because I... Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got off a European plane last night. So I... But I'm a wide awake. So that's the good portion of this right now. It's the first time I felt wide awake in a morning in a while.
1: That's true, because you're still like, what time is it for you right now? Theoretically. 2 p.m. Oh, sick. Okay. <laughs> (laughs) Or like 2.30, so right now I'm like, let's let's carpe diem, yeah. Yes, catch up in a few hours, you'll be on the floor, but for now. (laughs) I love that because I am sick again, again. I feel like I've been almost sick for a straight month. There was like maybe a week in there where I was back to normal, and I was like, wow, I forgot what this feels like, and then my body was like, nope, bitch. I mean, if it's any consolation, your hair looks amazing. Thank you. I did it like five days ago. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's
0: holding up strong. Like it is looking uh, luscious.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: I'm joining you in the sickness because uh, being on an eight hour plane, even with any precautions mm. taken, I yeah. I'm just like there's a tickle tickling. It's like a little little tickle party. Uh, so I
1: can't wait to what just. What you got to you know, do is like. It's like a bug bomb, but for your immune system. I do like a ton of coldies or zinc, whatever you have, oh. and then all the vitamin C, or if you have like airborne, that Ooh, kind of stuff. All right. All right I'm this just- is what I try to do. I try to, I try to like preempt a, a cold with like just going ham on immunity. As you can see, I didn't do it this time, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Bummer. learn from my mistakes. Yes. Don't let, don't let the tickle. Grow into more than that.
0: <laughs> Girl, I meant that.
1: <laughs> Woo. Well, today we're going to be talking about James Hoag. And what I kind of like about this is most of this is kind of a victimless crime. Oh, yes. So, James Hoag, first of all, shouts out to David Samuels at The New Yorker, Scott Newman with Aerial Magazine for the research. This is where we got the bulk of our research. But as always, we do put all the sources in our notes. So if you find anything's wrong, <laughs> take it up with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I of course I always find like conflicting info and about certain things when I'm doing the research, but you know I just. Eh, I pick one source and go with it, or I'll tell you guys sometimes if there's conflicting things. But James Hogue, so he's born October 22nd, 1959. Libra! So James was raised in Kansas City and graduated from Washington High School in 1977. He was a really good runner and set a national record. I So I read that he set a national record in the four mile, but also according to Princeton's newspaper, he was the state champion in the two mile run. Whichever distance, he was a state champion, which is a hell of a lot more than I can say.
0: Oh, same.
1: <laughs> so in junior high school, he was the best runner in Wyandotte County where he lived. In high school, things got a little more competitive, so he had to work a little harder at it. But he was really dedicated to running. People who grew up with him said he ran with bells on his shoes so that he would like be able to hear his stride and adjust, I guess, accordingly. Dandy's face right now.
0: I, I'm just going to assume I understand how that helps with anything.
1: I think because you can like hear the rhythm of it. I don't know. There's like a science to running for people who take it seriously, not me. Imagine if I were just like, I mean, that actually would be cute.
0: I would allow that to not be a criminal crime November, December, I guess, because then it's like seasonal. Yeah. But like, I don't want to hear bells in a park yeah. in March.
1: sure like, is the Salvation <laughs> Army here? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I I've never even gone on a run metaphorically with bells on. So this is way too much
0: <laughs> All of my runs I think could be considered as light jogs. I've realized yeah. so I can't I have no literally no legs to stand on.
1: <laughs> so James saw running as his ticket out of Kansas So he went to the University of Wyoming on a full ride track scholarship. Let's go I Get it boy. I yes. know let's go. I I'm I'm proud So he did the cross country team, but didn't have a great experience there. I read in, I think the New Yorker that the coach was super intense. And then at one point, I think in either late freshman year or like his early sophomore year, they brought in runners from Kenya who were older than the students on the track team. And basically like nobody was a match for these runners. And I think it was just pretty demoralizing. Hoag also pushed himself and began to get injured. So that was no good as well. Then he got a job with a professor at the University of Wyoming collecting butterflies. In love with that pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love
0: that. Sounds peaceful. I don't want to do it because I hate running and I don't like bugs, even the pretty ones. But a beautiful thing. Have you ever been in one of those like butterfly... Sanctuary things? Yes.
1: I feel like yes at some kind of botanical garden. Yes. Butterflies are beautiful, but I think if you get too close, you realize, ah, this is an insect. (laughs) Well, also, exactly. I'm
0: like, they're beautiful, but like, I also know they're going to poop on me. And even though you don't see the poop, it's still- I guess they have to. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know where the butterfly booty is, and I don't want to know. That's funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So around this time, things kind of start going downhill a little bit. According to James' best friend at the time, Keith, who was interviewed in The New Yorker, there was this time where they go hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park, And there was this freak lightning storm, and they were both terrified they were going to die, and they had to like hide out behind a rock or something. And Keith thinks that moment kind of changed James. He noticed just a big change in his personality slash character after that. And after that, he started noticing James had all these stereos and bikes in his room and thought he was selling stolen stuff. And um, he also stole one of Keith's medals. Huh. Yeah, weird. And James initially denied he had this medal, but later said his mom found it on the driveway, which is a weird lie.
0: Yeah, it's such like a lie, like a mom trying to like help out, but it's like, no.
1: Right. And that kind of like killed the friendship. So James ended up dropping out of University of Wyoming in his sophomore year. Then he maybe spent some time in Colorado working as a ranch hand, which I'm like, all right, Yellowstone. (laughs) 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 Uh, Kevin Costner. (laughs) So then in 1979, he moved to Texas to go to community college and then later UT Austin to study chemical engineering. But then in 1982, his five years of eligibility in the NCAA expired, which like essentially means that he can't run track competitively for the colleges anymore. Damn. So then in January 1983, he was arrested for stealing a bicycle frame from a store in Austin Put on three years probation. Unfortunately, he dropped out of UT Austin with only a few credits left to get his degree. So
0: close. I know. Well, it's either you make it a really easy senior year or a really difficult senior year Oof. based on what you have left. Because some people would just be like, "Oh, let me just like put off all the hard classes, and you're stuck with them." No, I know, the easy, easy breezy. Oh ones.
1: my god, no, nobody wants to do that. I <laughs> no. I feel oh, like I've god. told this story. I almost didn't graduate because I almost failed I rock climbing. <laughs> Wait, huh? Have I told it? I thought I told the story on the podcast. No. So, okay, good. Apologies if I have, because I have two stories to my name, and this is one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, where I went to undergrad, ridiculously had a gym requirement to graduate, which was not even did you just have to take one gym class? You had to take two. Oh my god! Which is like so over the top. So me, of course, I leave my second sem- I leave my second gym class to second semester senior year. And I choose rock climbing Uh, because I'm like, this will be fun. But then when you're hungover, you do not want to do rock climbing. That also, it seems like fun for
0: a day, but a very hard thing to do academically.
1: Yeah, it was was like not, it's not easy. I mean, it was fun, but not easy. But so basically what happened was I totally misestimated the number of classes you could miss before you fail. Oh. And then the week of finals week, I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) I need to make up a class or I'm going to fail. And thankfully, I was able to make it up. So,
0: Could you – oh, my gosh. Wait. Also, would you get graded on your skill or your your dedication? it was pass-fail. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. That was
1: the thing. It was pass-fail and I almost failed, which is embarrassing. And my parents for an entire semester would joke, uh, don't fail rock climbing. Ha-ha. And I was like, I won't. LOL, mom and dad. And then I almost did. Cut
0: (laughs) to. It's almost like on (laughs) a – a Christmas story where it's like soap poisoning where it's like yeah.
1: I failed rock climbing <laughs> 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 yeah so whoops read read those syllabi if you're in school <laughs>
0: If you thought that was a little pivot, let's hit you with another pivot, because we have a new name for you to write down. We'll see how it comes back into play later on. So in 1985, Springsteen Madonna, way before Nirvana, a stranger (laughs) arrives at Palo Alto High School going by the name of J. Mitchell Huntsman. Huntsman says he was born in San Diego... In 1969, a lot of songs could be related. Summer of 69. Oh, that's another song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was eight, moved to a commune in Nevada with his parents, Craig and Rosemary, and his sister Solange.
1: I like how oddly specific his backstory is getting. Oh, yeah. I'm like, the- like his fake sister has a name. And it's also not a common name, I no. feel. No. No. It's, it's
0: not. And especially I'm like, it's like, no, we moved to, at eight, we were at a commune in Nevada. I'm like, I feel Jay has month-by-month recollections of everything that he Mm -hmm. was up to. (laughs) He says he educated himself and taught himself how to run. Then after his parents died, he wanted to finish high school at Palo Alto before applying to Stanford. Well, okay. He entered the Stanford Invitational Meet and won the cross-country race, but didn't show up to the officials' table to claim his victory, so the papers dubbed him the mystery runner. A reporter who was at the game decided to check up to see if there was a birth certificate for Jay Mitchell Huntsman in Palo Alto. This is why local, I'm I, I, I'm guessing it was like local news. Local news actually goes the hardest.
1: They always go the hardest, and it's such a shame they're getting defunded. It's such
0: a shame, because they are the ones that are in the weeds. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, so they were looking for a birth certificate for Jay Mitchell Huntsman in Palo Alto. There was. He was, in fact, born to Craig and Rosemary Huntsman. But, Died of pneumonia two days after his birth, which would is very sad, but would not allow him to be a runner trying to go to Stanford. Yes. So this gets reported in the paper and finally Huntsman admits that his name is Can we all say it on the count of three? One, two, three James, James Hogue. Hogue. <laughs> I that hope everyone fun. did it as long as we did.
1: As, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> also, keep in mind he is 26 now, Trying to by be, the way. Yeah, being like a... Trying to be like a 16-year-old. A truly never been kissed, style. Never been, never, <laughs> never been <laughs> to Stanford. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So he stays in town for a few months, and after that, finally leaves, and he's arrested for forging a check to buy contact lenses.
1: They are expensive.
0: I kind of get it. Oh, let me... I, the fact that contact lenses aren't free, I also didn't know, like, I'm like, contact lenses in the 60s, 70s, probably very, I'm assuming not the most comfortable.
1: I don't know, yeah. I don't
0: know at all. But also, it's kind of crazy. You get stolen, like, a bike frame and contact lenses. This is your yeah. thievery? It, it does give, he, like, you're a high schooler. Facts. It is you bikes. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't charged under the condition that he just paid for the lenses. Instead, he bolted. He's a
1: fast man. He bolted, literally. That is so silly. I'm like, you had the easiest slap on the wrist. I Whatever. know, truly. There's like, just Venmo for this. So for the next few years, he's kind of bouncing around, staying with friends and working random jobs. In 1986, he worked as an instructor at a cross-training clinic in Vail, claiming to be Dr. James Hoag, a Stanford PhD in bioengineering. So he was working at, like, at a camp basically run out of this clinic, which he did for two summers. The camps ran for about a week. It was there that he met David Tesh, who made mountain bike frames. And a couple months later, he stole $20,000 worth of stuff from Tesh's store. Now we're getting to some high profile thievery. rate. So then in 1987, an acquaintance from Austin spots him kind of, he, they're at a party and he shows him like some kind of bike part that is engraved with Tesh's name or logo. And so then he has to bounce to San Diego. And then after that, he's found in St. George, Utah, living out of a storage facility in March of 1988, police arrive at the storage facility to search for the stolen bikes, and they all, they do find the stolen equipment. They also find a bunch of trophies that are clearly for high school kids, but they have current dates on them. No. Yeah, so the police realizes that Hogue is entering himself in high school competitions, and they arrest him. This
0: is kind of... Do you know, before we get into it, do you know how many people I feel like would also try to do this now to like relive their glory days of high school?
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're like you don't understand. We're like, what's going on? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I do wish I could like redo college as an adult because oh, I'd be so good at it. <laughs> I not the drinking part though. <laughs>
0: Wait, that's exactly it. I've been literally thinking they should have like from 19 to 21. You just have four years of like being a binge drinking idiot, and then you get that out of your system. And they're like, okay now be an adult and you actually go to college, college from 25 to 29. I guess that's just like an elongated grad gap school. year. I guess that's that. grad school. But I don't, I, I'm like, I, but I want to take out two sets of loans. Oh my God. But I, I always know. think that I'm like the amount of reading that I just would bullshit through or not focus. Yeah, now I'm just like, not to. I would love to have the free time to learn about something.
1: I know. Even in grad school when I was paying for it, like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> I had a job. Okay, that's my, all okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh,
0: you had a job and you started right after a global pandemic. Like, things were, th- things Sex. were, things were, things were, things were, things
1: were thinking. Facts. Things were happening. Anyways, no, I didn't totally bullshit my way through All right. the master's. You got the degree. Yes. Okay, so they realize that Hogue is entering these high school competitions, arrest him. They find he's corresponding with a number of universities, including Princeton, which we'll get into in a second, because that's the big scam. Also, Brown lets him in. So he Hmm. pleads guilty to theft and gets sentenced to one to five years in prison. There was actually an article in the paper about the bike thefts, and the article noted that Hogue was applying to colleges as his new alias, which we'll dive into, Alexi Santana, but I guess nobody noticed. I feel like, yeah, there had no internet. Like, who's reading local papers from other states? That's very true, and also it's funny. I'm
0: like, this also makes me think, how like fine tooth comb, are they reading even any of our college applications?
1: You know who knows. I feel like they're not checking your social or something. That's true. That we win. yeah, you know, because maybe he's le- not doing the FAFSA.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, oh, I got my. He's like, I'll pay full lot. So yeah. let's get to Alexi Santana. Or not, Why did I say it Santana? Alexi Santana. Uh, which it can be whatever you want it to be
1: because this name is not real.
0: <laughs> well, you know who now uh, my. I'm not even joking. Do you hear that? My Alexis playing Santana. Alexis, stop. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Wow. All right. My girl wanted to, this, this episode with a special guest. I'm obsessed. So I'm not just going to say Santana, so we don't have a future <laughs> cameo from AI. He applied to Princeton's class of 1992 under the name. Alexi. Santana. <laughs> <laughs> he was 28 at the time. Well, me and Sarah both said we would love a redo, <laughs> sir, move on.
1: Yeah, it's a little like, let it go, man. Let it go.
0: Do you want to be taking these tests? <laughs> That's real. That's, I could not imagine, I could not imagine someone being like, so open the syllabus. I'm like, who are you? Let me, I'm tired. I'm not doing that.
1: Yeah. Well, he also sat for the SATs. Oh. Where I'm like, you couldn't, no. But it's funny because my boyfriend was like, he does like a fantasy league. And one of, not the league that he's in, but one of his friends leagues, like the punishment if you lose is you have to take the SATs. And he was like, you know what? I kind of would want to see how I would do. Oh? I'm like, no, thanks. I didn't even take, like, I never even took the GRE. I applied to grad schools that did not require it because I was like, "Uh uh-uh.
0: I would, I mean, (laughs) so much, so much was just sad. Wait, I... (laughs) Uh,
1: Words were
0: said. <laughs> I have seen on Twitter slash X that Fantasy League, these boys go hard with their um, losing challenges. Yes. Like, well, one that I saw was that a guy <laughs> who lost had to comment, guess my invite got lost in the mail under every wedding post he saw for the next few months, <gasps> which is no.
1: so funny and cringe. But I-, I would be DMing the people, like, you can delete this after. Like,
0: oh, I'm sorry. Please but taking the sat's again that is so savage and so funny
1: it's also cuz it costs money like Wait, it's not I'd make everybody, you can't just show
0: up you know <laughs> i would make everybody have to chip in for that also i would get a 2 on it i know it's out of 1800 yeah. to 2400 now i'd get a 2 i don't know what i don't yeah. know how to test anymore
1: i'm not writing a fucking essay like no, no. thanks
0: oh on the spot remember
1: Ugh. and math like high school was horrible. You'd go into class and you'd have to do multiple choice and write an essay somehow in like forty minutes. When
0: one one day we'll do a, about the scam of testing and education because
1: it's, it 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 ruins brains. That is real.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he studied the demographic of kids who were accepted and realized that his best shot was to be. Some, like, tried to be from somewhere like Nevada, Montana, or Wyoming. He was one of 14,000 people who applied for just 1,200 spots. I mean,
1: honestly, good for him. I mean, like, I know he faked it, but, like, that's a lot. It's hard to get I mean, I think if I were to apply to Princeton now, I feel like I'd have pretty good odds. <laughs> I'd be
0: like, I've been working for
1: so long, guys. I'd be amazing. I mean, I'm from Jersey. Yeah. There you go. Help me out. I feel like I'm a better writer now, and, like, I could just craft a better story. Yeah, well, now I know essay. how to, like – form stories and not just be like – Please, 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 please.
0: And five <laughs> like, paragraphs bar- being like, in as much, furthermore, in conclusion. <laughs> now I actually know yeah. how to like form a thought. Um, He had a 1410 on the sats, which – out of 1600 at this time. I don't – I think they're back to being out of 1600. I don't know.
1: They always change it. When I took it, it was 2100. When I took because it, Because they it was, added that essay section and then they like removed it, I think.
0: When I took it, I think it was out of 24 or maybe it was 21. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh
1: it was like yeah, something in the two thousands.
0: Yeah, all I know is I did all right.
1: <laughs> I find yeah. enough find enough that we I did, well did well enough to get I, where we are today. Yes, exactly, exactly. Bullshitting and talking shit about how we could get into Princeton, which absolutely is <laughs> not true. <laughs> Wait, I want to. We send this clip to Princeton. They're like, "Uh,
0: you can get into a tour."
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the tours. They the,
1: every day, 10 a.m. on Saturday. Go go peruse. You can go to the bookstore. We're like the men who watch pro tennis, and which I think is like – I think they surveyed men and women watching, I want to say, pro tennis. And they were like, do you think you could do this? And 90% of men were like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And women were like, no, are you serious? So we are that percentage of delusional men.
0: Oh, You know what? I feel that's a... We, we'll take that confidence boost today. Confidence confidence, <laughs> and delusion.
1: And um, so
0: in his essay, he also wrote about being a self-educated ranch hand who read Plateau Under the Stars, fire essay concept. The admissions office reported Santana trained on his own in the Mojave Desert, where he herd cattle for a living, mostly in a canyon called Little Purgatory spooky (laughs) spooky on a visit to campus in march he slept indoors for the first time in 10 years this is an essay that would make like that like i see why princeton's like goo goo ga -ga gaing over him totally his application went to the top of the pile and at this time Hoag was living in a storage locker in saint george going to the public library to study demographic of kids at princeton how the fuck is that a book
1: maybe he's just looking up the stats of like incoming classes which was how he figured out oh i gotta be from one of these western not densely populated states because he figured his odds were better that's true it's very he was very
0: like he was just like reading i know the song was not them but like Desiree saw, you gotta be, hmm, you gotta be cool, you gotta be water. <laughs> His application attracted the attention of Larry Ellis, Princeton's track coach. Ellis also read press clippings about Santana's times that were as good or as better than some of the older Princeton athletes. <laughs> <I> wonder why. <laughs> wonder, huh, Ellis Lou Santana out to visit Princeton. Shout out to Southern Jersey. I think the first time I had frozen yogurt was in Princeton, New Jersey. No, Canada. nice, But maybe. I'll, I'll
1: check that later in my, in, in my <laughs> Rolodex oh, of checked. thoughts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, when he got there, people
1: noticed some stuff. It was Kylie Jenner. They were realizing things.
0: <laughs> a member of the track team told the New Yorker, he always wore a hat. Probably to hide the fact that he was going bald. I mean, in his defense, I do know some people that like went bald in high school. But Totally. But I mean, that doesn't it t- help the younger case. And he no. was just kind of shy and kept his eyes on the ground. Again. So far, okay. He was short and only weighed 120 pounds. Okay. Makes uh, sense
1: if you're a cross-country runner, I suppose. Yeah.
0: I'm also like, no, I'm mad at him. No. Uh, and so <laughs> believing that he was 18 or 19 years old was not that hard. He had a real slight build and a real soft handshake. He seemed just like a young guy who was coming out to look at colleges. Okay. This is what's our – I feel like were you someone – because I never was really ID'd when I was younger because I always lo- – I feel like – I don't know if it was like mm. the ca- like my caffeine dependency made my bags under my eyes or something like that or just my old soul vibes. I I think I people never really thought I was my age.
1: Oh, I've always looked really young. I, I mean are. now it's finally paying off. I had to go through years of people saying, just wait till you're 30. And I was like, no. <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, they're right. I'm happy now. <laughs> you're like, and now
0: on the eve, eve, eve of my 27th birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um,
0: so people were kind of like, huh, look at him. But he was a very good runner, as we have mentioned. And Alexei. Santana got accepted to Princeton in 1988, a year before Taylor Swift would be born, with a $22,000 scholarship, but there was only one problem. (laughs) Oh, the issue here was that James Hogue was being sentenced to prison in Utah. Whoops. (laughs) That awkward moment when he was sentenced to one to five years in prison and served 12 months. He's a fast thinker hmm Because he then went on to tell Princeton that his mom was dying of cancer in Switzerland, so he had to defer a mission for a year.
1: Okay. All right. And they bought it. And they bought it. So in August of 1989, he arrives at Princeton six weeks early, and he gets interviewed by reporter Harvey Yaviner for the Trenton Times. And... <laughs> He wore sunglasses in the interview, which just makes me crack up. Okay, kind of <laughs> upset. Uh, kind of, kind of. He's, he's an icon. The New Yorker describes his interview and they write, he had the weather-beaten features of a person who had led a hard life, who had slept out of doors and worked as a cowboy, or someone who was like 29 at this point, which I think is how old he is. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, very funny. So, his roommates start to notice some weird stuff. His bed is always made extremely neat. I also have a device. So, I'm going to say Santana says he sleeps on the floor and he has very few personal effects. He also – I feel like everybody in – whether it was like in your high school or your college class, everybody has that person who's a compulsive liar. Oh, yes. He just lies about really weird stuff. So, he did this. So, he – Claimed he did skiing stunts for a movie, and then word gets around that he was in the Olympics.
0: His hair was insured for (laughs) $10,000.
1: Yeah, exactly. he does car commercials in Japan. (laughs) Yeah, yes. So he also didn't make eye contact with people. People, like, really noticed that. Kind of a power move. So he told his roommates he was at Princeton to find a wife, which is a yikes. Okay, he wants his – he's going for his MR degree,
0: I guess. That's not good. Not good. Um, Also, like, sir – I mean, I guess he's
1: lying to people that were like, everyone's 19, you're 30. Exactly. Well, that's why it's a yikes. Yeah. He also had wine and cheese parties in his dorm room oh, and would invite freshman oh. women over, which is the big yikes. Oh, no. Not good, not good. And he earned the nickname Sexy Alexi.
0: <laughs> no. Oh.
1: <laughs> nah. So he also, I mean, he, I got a hand to him because he really made the most of his prints and experience. He was tapped for one of the elite eating clubs. Called the Ivy Club, which is apparently one of the more exclusive ones. Those I only know this because my brother went to Yale, so
0: they have uh, their own version of like a it's like secret society. But Princeton is like the Eating Club, and I'm like, I was so I remember first hearing about eating clubs, and I was like, Oh my god, I want to go to Princeton because like they love to eat, and then I realized that's like not really what it is. Like I could have started like a Crunchback Supreme Club, or maybe I will start that (laughs) because you should. Those are so good, and let me tell you. They're $2 versus however much a Princeton education costs.
1: You should start that. I would.
0: Oh, so glad they will.
1: So in February 16th, 1991, there's a Harvard-Yale Princeton track meet, which Santana competes in. And a senior from Yale is at the track meet. And she recognizes someone from her past. And that someone is J. Mitchell Huntsman from high school, aka James Hoag. So she tells Princeton that this guy's actually a con man and also had been to prison. Narc. Princeton. Japan. Yeah, she narks on him. <laughs> she narks on him. Princeton re reviews his application and academic record. And actually, he was doing amazing. He was like on the dean's list. He would shit talk how easy the tests were. Sarah, I'm this like, would be okay, us. Sir, <laughs> it would be us, right? No, I would still be like, this is hard. Yeah, Ugh. I'd still be failing. And they basically nullify his acceptance. And then the next day, he is arrested while in geology class, which, like, dramatic.
0: That's very dramatic. You know, everybody still talks about, like, no, one day, in, I, guys, <laughs> yes. I was a sophomore. <clears throat> this guy got arrested in my geology class.
1: Yeah, that would be wild. So he leaves in the middle of his sophomore year. I, I think it's more fair to say he's kicked out. Yeah, I think so. The track team learns that he was 31. And when he's asked by detectives why he applied to Princeton under a fake name, he said, I wanted to start all over again without any burdens of my past. Okay. New beginnings. New beginnings. Was that Larsa Pippen who did that party?
0: Larsa Pippen did it, and then Ramona Singer always does it. Is this the end? Hoag is charged with theft by deception and three counts of forgery. So... Of things, I mean, this man we started with bikes, then went to contact lenses. Now we got some forgery on the table. Ho couldn't make bail, so he awaited trial in Mercy County Correctional. Among his visitors was Giacentino Scoles, just really went full. Italy there, I hope.
1: But yes, uh, full Sopranos. Full Sopranos. Guys, I'm going to finish <gasps> like probably this week, and then I'll shut up about the show. I'm sorry.
0: It's a show you don't really have to shut up about. It's so good. Right. And one of Hoag's chemistry professors at Princeton who took sympathy on him. Okay. Mm. Okay. Uh when Hogue made bail, Scholes helped him relocate to Cambridge, Massachusetts. Shut up.
1: This man loves to be around a little collegiate allegiate. He really does. I'm like, go to grad school, dude. Like it's not That's true. You can't be a famous athlete, that's true. But like you can still get an education. You can have a life. There he took classes at Harvard Extension School
0: and got a part time. Okay, good. Job. He listened to me. Yes, he did. He's like, you know what? Here, there's a he's like, Oh, there is an educational set up for someone like me
1: and then he'll put harvard on his linkedin
0: oh like how tyra banks did it
1: wait what did she do
0: didn't she take like a marketing class there and said she went to harvard oh i don't know i think so but
1: that's probably one more class than kim kardashian took there and i think Uh, she has an honorary degree so fuck it that's true um i think there was something like that
0: and he got a part-time job also cataloging the university's precious gems and stones Okay, okay. And now I think there's probably a few of you that if someone <clears throat> stole parts of bikes, when they around a lot of Uncle John, <laughs> they'd be a little tempted. Stop. Uncle John. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of the John's and Stones went <laughs> missing and were later found in Hoag's room along with a Harvard microscope. Sir, sir.
1: This tiger could not change his stripes. That's so true. That's a lesson to everybody.
0: You can't change a man. <laughs> in February 1992, Hoag pleaded guilty to theft by deception and was sentenced to 270 days at Mercer County Correctional Center, plus 100 hours community service, plus a little over $21,000 in restitution to Princeton. Oof, student loans without even getting the degree, basically.
1: Okay, but no interest, I bet. You know what? You know what? Is Is there interest on restitution? Hmm.
0: That's actually a really good question. Legal people, let us know or else we'll just Google this after.
1: Should I have scammed my way into grad school instead of legitimately applied?
0: And then just paying off student loans indefinitely, <laughs> indefinitely, indefinitely, indefinitely. He served five months. Then the very same day he was released, he was arrested in Cambridge for gem theft. Love he then served 17 more months in prison and
1: finally when he got out, disappeared. By the way, you know that when the police went to arrest him the day he gets out of prison, like you know they coordinated that shit. Oh, a hundred percent. They were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna let him get like 10 steps out and let him be like, oh, finally, and then we're gonna roll up. Mm-hmm.
0: A hundred and twelve percent. Then, in 1996, he was arrested again for trespassing on Princeton's campus. He was at the
1: graduate college pretending to be a grad student. (laughs) Sir. Uh, Sir. That's funny. It's actually funny that someone recognized him, too. They probably have wanted posters up at Princeton to this day. That's so true. (laughs) Uh, That's so funny. I should ask my friend who went if they had ever heard of this story, because that's very funny. Yeah, Honestly. So he keeps bouncing around, you know, in 2005, he's living in Telluride and he started stealing from his neighbor and he just stole a bunch of other stuff. We don't really need to to get into the nitty gritty, um, but it it was like lumber from his neighbor and shit. I don't know. So he's eventually sentenced to 10 years in prison, but actually only served four, which I'm like, this man keeps. How does this keep on happening? I think we know why.
0: Yes, that is
1: true. <laughs> we know why he stuck around in Colorado, though, but was basically living in this like shack slash makeshift campsite he built into the side of a hill. Like, okay, Bob the Builder. Honestly, he remains impressive with us. He hung around Aspen Skiing Company, which was a store, and around 2016, employees started noticing tools were going missing, and they also noticed that Hogue, who at this point is kind of a transient. Is hanging around there a lot, and then they quickly like put the pieces together and link uh-huh. it back to him. Eventually, police find the shack and also found the ski equipment, plus a lot of designer goods, and they figure he's running a business, stealing stuff, and then selling it. So then, in March 2017, he was found guilty of felony possession of burglary tools and the theft of items valued between two to five thousand dollars, and also obstructing a peace officer, which is a misdemeanor. Okay. So he got a six-year aggravated sentence to be served concurrently with a three-year sentence for the felony charge and 138 days for the misdemeanor with credit for time served. And uh, the judge said, there's no indication that Mr. Hoag feels the rules apply to him. You're a very consistent thief, Mr. Hoag, but apparently a very bad one because you get caught a (laughs)
0: lot. Okay. Burn. That is a good drag, I would say. That's a pretty chef's kiss of a moment.
1: I am obsessed. He was paroled in 2019, but in January 2021, he was arrested again and charged with parking illegally and stealing power from an apartment building, which honestly, all things considered, is pretty pretty tame for him. Yeah, I'm like, at this point,
0: you got to just let him out. I don't even know.
1: So he was now taken to jail, but instead just got a summons for trespassing and tampering, which are pretty low level offenses. And that's kind of like all she wrote. For now, there is also an HBO documentary that about him that is appropriately called "Con Man."
0: Con Man. They should have just been like, I don't. I feel like they could have used "running" in the pun in the word there somewhere.
1: Ooh, yes, running from right. the law. Running from the law. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't outrun his past. Mm-hmm. So that's. I mean, I almost at first I'm like, you know what? Give this man another shot at college. I I kind of understand why he'd want to do this so he could finally achieve his dream but then it just seems like he enjoys stealing
0: that's what i think he should have just like gone to a school to get his like you know like continuing studies degree and done zog sports
1: i was gonna say yeah just to uh do a running club or something yeah do- new york road runners yeah beep, run beep. the marathon do you could up. get actually you could yeah run the marathon
0: yeah sir that people love that and the, yeah yes that could be your personal. you got a medal
1: you oh, and they, it, it would
0: become your personality. I mean, I do allow because the marathon is very hard to do. So I allow people that to have that to be the personality. It's just not my personality.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: But this was a very good one. Something that I also, I feel we'll have to discuss later. I don't know when we talked about it. Oh, because you, when you said Kylie Jenner realizing things, we need oh, to yeah. unpack at a later episode, the celeb AIs that are appearing. Have you seen them?
1: I saw some headline about robin williams but and no kendall jenner like there's a meta
0: influencer that looks like kendall jenner that they designed as ai
1: we're gonna i'm that's gonna creepy we're gonna have to
0: yeah that's for a different thing i don't know why that just came up but
1: i don't like that don't like it
0: as Adele would say in My Little Love, that's all.
1: <laughs> Danny goes to England and is now British. Now, a, a,
0: a wee bit brush. No, I'm not. <laughs> apologies, apologies <sighs> to all of England and beyond for that one. Um, that's so funny. But yeah, this was this man was really captivating and deceitful. But, of course, always let us know your thoughts or if there's anybody else that is running through your mind that you think we have to uncover um, on the Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group.
1: Uh, follow us on Instagram at Not Another True Crime. You can follow me it's Sarah Lameem. And you can follow me at KashmirDannyKashmirthke. Okay? Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week.
0: Not Another True Crime podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Picot, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmakat. Editing by Jorge morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.